1: We're so glad you're here. We are going to be finishing our Gifts of God um, series tonight. And for those of you who don't know me, my name is Natalie. I have not been around very much because I have been on maternity leave. So this is my first Tuesday night back. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I didn't know they were going to do that. That's our kid. Um, He's home with a friend. Um, I'm really excited to be back here tonight. I've missed seeing a lot of your faces. Thanks for the warm welcome. Um, But before we continue with our panel, I'm just going to give a a brief preview of what we're going to get into tonight. And so this Gifts of God series has basically been, if you've been um, here the last couple of weeks, is there are certain things that God gives us as gifts, and we have a tendency to sometimes misuse them or abuse them, but we've been just talking about how we can enjoy the things that God has given us. And so tonight we're going to be talking about gifts of God, um, appearance, and image, and beauty. Um, and so this is just what we physically look like to the outside world. And so we're going to look at a little bit of scripture, but I'm not going to do most of the talking tonight and have some friends join me. So um, Genesis 1 tells us, first and foremost, that we are made in God's image. You guys have probably heard this said before. It says, let us make man in our image after our likeness. God created man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him. Man and female he created them. And so this isn't just talking about outward image, right? This is talking about how we as people are made to reflect God and in a way represent him to the world. Um, these, If you keep reading in Genesis, we as people are the pinnacle of God's creation. Um, we're the best thing that he's ever created. And so what this means is that all of us have been given inerrant worth and value and dignity And another way you could call that would be intrinsic beauty, um, because of whose image we're made in. We're made in God's image, and He is the most holy, beautiful, great, wonderful thing there is. So we are made in His image. But um, you can take those off the screen. Um, We are also physical people, and our culture, our culture and cultures around the world also um, experience and describe beauty in different ways, right? And so we value and ascribe worth to different types of physical appearances, whether it's the clothes you wear. I mean, styles change all the time, right? Um, Your hair type, your skin tone, facial features. If you have jewelry, what kind of makeup you wear, right? All throughout the world, there's so many different variations, um, the ways that culture expresses what's beautiful or um, worthy in appearance. And this diversity is great, right? Because it tells us that it's a way that we can represent and display the in his imageness um, of God in diverse ways and significant ways. Um, And you may or may not know, but the Bible actually speaks to describing the way people look. Um, These are some Old Testament verses, so if you know these, props to you. But Um, Even in the Bible, like, they mention people's physical appearances, which is interesting. So in Esther, they describe a queen as beautiful and lovely to look at. And Esther herself is described as having a beautiful figure and lovely to look at. Um, Rebecca in Genesis is talked about as being attractive in appearance. Um, But it's not just women that the Bible describes. It also says that um, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And David himself, um, who wrote a lot of our Psalms, is described as handsome, having beautiful eyes, and ruddy. I'm not actually sure what ready means, but um, you guys can look it up later and let me know. I didn't look that one up in my preparation, um, right? So the Bible speaks to this, and we even have a description of Jesus himself. God himself, who, was, who, who put on flesh, who became man, um, was a physical person, right, with an appearance. And he was described as having no form or majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. And so the point I'm trying to make here is that God made us as physical people, right? Like we have a soul and we have a heart and we have a mind and we have emotions, but we're also a soul and a body. And so with that comes this idea and this assertion of what is beautiful, what is valued in appearance, um, an image matters, right? I'm sure all of you have experienced that in one way or another. And so from this series, right, if you've been joining us, we've learned, like I said in the beginning, that God gives us certain gifts to glorify himself and to point us back to him and how we experience them and use them. And so kind of our question tonight that we're going to get into with some of my friends are, how is parents' image and beauty meant to bring glory to God? And so if my panelists want to come up, I'm very excited to have them join us. Y'all give them a hand. Come grab a stool. I'm going to turn this other mic on. So we are live. Go, um, so thanks for joining me, guys. Some of these faces might be familiar. Some might not be. So we're going to just start with will you. Um, starting with you, Steph, will you introduce yourself? Um, kind of what do you do in Athens? Like kind of a little bit who are you? And how are you connected to crew? Because all these
2: folks are connected to crew in different ways. Hey, everybody. Um, I'm Stephanie Paul. I used to go to... <laughs> Um, I am a former Lady Bulldog. I played with the team and I went to Georgia. I got my undergrad and master's here. And this is my first year interning with Athletes in Action. So that's how I'm connected with crew. Hey, y'all. My name is Carson
3: and I work Um, for Cafe 1040. If you've ever heard of Cafe 1040, I saw a shirt in here somewhere, which is fun. Yeah, represent. Um, I work for Cafe 1040, which is a ministry. um, Basically, if people are interested in exploring missions, we help young adults figure out if it's a good fit. So um, that's what I do. I graduated from UGA in 2018 and was involved with CREW when I was at UGA. I am a big CREW fan, so happy to be back.
4: Hey y'all, I'm Ian White, I am a musician, I am the Director of Gathered Worship at Christ Community Church, and I work
0: with Crew's band. Hey y'all, my name is Britt Smallwood, I I appreciate I appreciate. am on staff here at Crew, and uh, now I've been here officially, y'all, three months, three months, all right, so I'm getting tenure, I'm getting tenure, all right. <laughs> Thanks
1: you guys for coming. Um. Yeah, I'm really excited to have them. Like like they said, they're all connected to crew in different ways, and so I just think that each of them have a really unique experience um, and really unique perspective on this topic, and so that's why I had them join me. Um, so first question, we'll start with you, Steph, since you have the mic. How have you experienced image and appearance and beauty as a gift from God?
2: Um, I experience it just my own uniqueness um, and creativity. Um, there's a lot of different things about everybody in here, and when I was younger, I used to think some of the differences I had were limitations or um, just things that I didn't really like about myself, or that being too tall or <laughs> being dark-skinned, stuff like that. But when I started to understand and really see how God describes his creation through his word and some of those um, Scripture you put up there, it just reminds, you, reminds me of how important those differences are for my purpose or for God's purpose for me and his plan so any difference that I have whether it be my skin tone my height um my eyes my hair um any of those differences are that God stitched me this way and it's for a reason so when I think about that and how I can use those differences to reach other people to Christ um I think that's really what makes it a gift
1: yeah thank you for sharing that stuff Carson what would you add Um uh, so I am in the
3: season and stage of life where my friends are starting to have babies. She's one of them. Isn't that so fun? She's mom. Um, (laughs) Um so when I was thinking about this question, what I was thinking about, what came to mind is so we were talking about how we were all made in the image of God, and that is like true for every single one of us, that we reflect God's beauty and that we reflect um who He is. And so when I was thinking about this question of how I experience that, I think sometimes I, I like know that as a truth, but I don't always experience it. So when I feel like I need to experience it, one thing that I always like to bring to mind, and if you have never experienced this or if you've never like just sat and reflected on this, I encourage you to do so, um, is if you ever watch a mom just like look at their child and just the joy and like the fullness in the, in the face of a mom looking at their child. I love to bring that to mind whenever I'm thinking about experiencing my own beauty as someone made in the image of God, um, because it just reminds me of, like, man, like, if you have ever seen that, you just see the the um, complete, like, satisfaction and joy that a mom has for their child, and so um, to experience that for yourself, to really know that, like, you are a child of God, um, it doesn't matter, like, who, what that baby looks like, it doesn't matter, any of those things like that be, that baby is beautiful. Um, and so, yeah, that was what came to mind for me, and something that I think I always am like trying to remind myself of
1: too. So, yeah, thanks, Carson. I love that. She looks at my baby with joy too, which is sweet to watch as a friend. But, Britt or Ian, do you guys have anything else you want to add to that question? How you've experienced um, image and beauty as a gift from God?
4: Yeah, I think that. There's that thing that happens when somebody is drawing a portrait of someone else, right, where they spend a lot of time looking at somebody's face. And I think that what has been told to me, my wife is a a visual artist, and what we recognize in visual art or even in a space like a marriage or a friendship is that the longer that you see somebody, the more things you start to notice about the way that God has created them to be beautiful. And that's true about everyone, but there's especially places like a marriage or like a friendship where it's built into that mechanic to see that God has made everyone beautiful.
1: Yeah, thanks, Ian. Anything you want to add, Britt? You don't have to.
0: I wouldn't plan on answering it, but I was going to say, I experience beauty every day when I wake up and look in the mirror. Uh, Anyway. Britt Smallwood, everybody. Uh, Britt Smallwood. Anyway, anyways.
1: I did put him on blast, so thank you. Um, No, thanks, guys. I just like, I mean, even... Even the variety of things that you guys said, like the different ways we can glorify God with how we are physically made and the ways we can experience it and other people. Um, I just love that. I love y'all's perspective. So thanks for that. Um, Ian, we'll start with you because you have the mic. Um, How have you seen the misuse of appearance and image in yourself or in humanity? How do we get this wrong? Yeah. um, Guys in the
4: room might relate to this. Uh, When I was a boy, One of the first things that I was made to learn is that men don't care about how they look. Uh, I think progressively what I learned was that that was just kind of like a commonly held lie we were all telling. Because there is exceptions to the rule. And I think a lot of different people experience that in different ways. For me it was uh, skinny guys aren't attractive. Uh, Emo kids don't play baseball. And uh, I had a girl in middle school tell me once that I might be dateable if I only wore Nike shocks and American Eagle jeans, (laughs) which is dated. I get that that's dated. I I think that even in my own career, I'm somebody who deals with musicians a lot, uh, people on stages. And I've noticed that there are unwritten rules and sometimes really emphatic rules about what someone needs to look like to be in front of people. Uh, They either need to look attractive or cool, usually both. And what's striking to me is that it's especially prevalent in the church. Uh, You'll see stages in our world where only certain kinds of people are encouraged to be on them. And for me, that's one of the easiest ways to tell that this sort of thing is being misused.
1: Thanks, Ian. Um, Brett, what about you?
0: Yeah, y'all, I don't know why I don't like to sit down Can I stand up? Y- yeah, All you right. can stand <laughs> up. Okay, and, and what was the question one more time?
1: Restate the, the question. The question was, how have you seen the misuse? How do we okay. misuse or, or get it wrong um, appearance and image okay. in humanity or in yourself?
0: Okay, this was, this was off the cuff, but I've already been accused three times of looking like a beach dad today. Okay, <laughs> so I think that's the misuse of identity there. But uh, no, in all seriousness, okay, in all seriousness, when I think about how we misuse appearance and identity, okay, I think it can all be boiled down to, for me personally, it's like I think we too narrowly define it, okay, we too narrowly define it, all right, we oversimplify it, we oversimplify it, and um, so for me, I can look at this image and appearance through three lenses, and we usually look at it through, okay, how do I view myself, self-image, how do I want others to view me? And then how does God view me? And I think anytime we get out of that third category, how does God view me? We start narrowing it down way too small, if that makes sense. All right. And so the, the, the thing is, when we start narrowing it down, we basically leave it open for anybody's interpretation, okay, of what beauty is. When we, once we get out of God's definition for it. We do this not only with beauty. It, it could be what, what, what is success? What is significance? How does God define success? How does society define it? How does God define significance? How does society define it? It's the same thing with beauty, all right? And so the thing is, when we leave and let society define beauty, before long, our life is going to be looking like a Cardi B song, all right? And we don't, we don't want that, all right? And so the thing is that when we follow how God d- designs it, listen to me, when we follow how God designs it, it's going to lead to joy. And so guys, I want to talk to you really quickly. All right, like 20 seconds. Girls, y'all can listen. All right. But there's a, uh, there's a, there's a passage in the Bible about an excellent wife, an excellent wife. And it's Proverbs 31. Okay. And in that section, there's 21 verses. All right. How many verses do you think are about physical beauty? One. One out of 21 verses is about physical beauty. And even then it talks about how it's vain and it's it's, it's, it's passing, okay? So that doesn't mean we throw it out with the bathwater. It's still there, and it's very important, but it's one aspect of a bigger picture, all right? And so I think that's the thing. We need to open our eyes up to what the bigger picture is.
1: Yeah, thanks, Britt. Um, Steph, what about you? What would you like to add? How do we misuse this or get it wrong?
2: Um, I think we misuse it by limitations, right? So, like, whether you limit other people or undervalue them or even yourself, um... Like, for example, if I just think of recruiting, my recruiting process, like, and this is not, this is an outward image of how I saw universities when I was um, deciding what school I wanted to go to, right? There's so many things that I didn't pick a school for just for something about appearance, whether they had, it was a Nike school, if it was Adidas, I'd probably cross it off my list, right? (laughs) Um, and so like the way we misuse it is I think a big thing for me personally is limitations, whether that's limiting other people or limiting or myself being limited, whether that be through my age, right? There's certain things or times where because I'm younger, I feel like I'm limited in my experience, but that's not really what God says. I don't have to have that. All the experiences kind of like those people that came up earlier about leading, Like, before I um, joined crew or AIA, whatever, same thing, Uh, (laughs) I was really, I was limiting myself because I didn't have, I felt like I didn't have experience, I didn't know what I was doing, but, like, most of that stuff, it it doesn't matter because it's, like, that's not what God says about my image. I'm fully equipped because he made me equipped, not because of any limitations I put on myself or that other people have put on me because of my... Image or appearance, my age, my height, my all that, all that jazz. So that's how I can see how it's misused. Thanks,
1: Steph. Carson, do you have anything you want to add? I think that that's okay. <laughs> Just wanted to give you opportunity in case the thoughts come. Um, but yeah, thanks, guys. I think. Um, there are so many different ways that we ascribe value to things that God doesn't ascribe value to, right? Or even, um, I like what you said, Britt, about how how we perceive perceive ourselves, how we want others to perceive us, and how God perceives us. And I think even the order in which you said that was really telling, because I know I start first with, how do I perceive myself outwardly? And then I care next about what other people would say. And then last, I get to how, what would God say about this? And I just think, what would my life look like if the inverse was true? If if the first thing I thought about when I woke up in the morning was what God thought of me as his child made in his image, having that inerrant, intrinsic beauty and worth and value rather than um, just the outward things that I, I do right when I wake up. So thanks, guys, for the perspective. I really appreciate it. So kind of to um, speak some redemption into this, right, how do you guys feel like the gospel redeems this? How does, how does the gospel come into play with redeeming the ways that we misuse this in life? We'll start with you, Carson.
3: Um, yeah, I uh, yeah, there needs there needs to be a lot of redemption on this topic, as we all know. I think all of us experience um, just how culture has twisted all of this in so many ways, um, and so I'm I'm really excited just to get to talk about it. Um, I I definitely wrestled with a lot of body image stuff a lot of my life through college, but I don't, and still today, but I don't think I could have pinpointed it in college I think that it kind of just like lived under the surface but once you get outside of school and um, you start to be in different cultures and you start to be in different experiences and you start to be in different worlds you start to um, reflect more on what your experience was in college and I realized that was definitely something that had just kind of like yeah just lived under the surface in my college career. And so um, it's actually that image I was talking about of a mom looking at their baby was something that was really redemptive for me. And the reason is because of what Britt and Natalie were both just talking about um, is because when I think about that image, what is most important to me from that image is the fact that um, the value comes from the mom's love and care and affection for that child. Um, And so it starts with God. And then from there, you know, you have a baby. That that baby doesn't really, like, have a, a care in the world, right? They're just trying to live. Um, and so if my view of myself starts with what God thinks of me, then that is a game changer. Um, and it, it really started to transform the way that I understood myself and also the way that I started to understand other people. Um, one of my favorite things about the, the beauty of the Christian faith is the value of every single person. Every single one of you sitting in here has intrinsic value because you're made in the image of God um, and so as I think about yeah just how that how that has redeemed my life that um, took place Image and it took appearance and it took my body, and I realized that for so long all of those things were like kind of the enemy, but I didn't realize it, and that really transformed them into an ally and a friend of mine because I started to view myself the way that God views me. And while that's not true every day, I still struggle with that stuff. You don't just graduate and all your problems are gone. (laughs) Um, I also have seen over and over and over again the power of God to redeem it, and the number of times that I have. chosen to believe the truth that God says about me and seen the way that that has transformed my life um on the days when I still wrestle with it when I still struggle with it I know he's a God that redeems and I know that he's a God that doesn't want that for me um and so that's definitely where I see God redeeming it and um yeah my hope for anyone who deals with it is that they would be able to see themselves as that baby that is loved by that mother in the same way that God loves us
1: Thanks, Carson. Yeah, I I love how you touched on, that's a lot of like mental space that when when we think about our image and our appearance, like that consumes a lot of mental and emotional energy that a lot of times I don't think we realize. And so it's not just that we suddenly, I don't give a care in the world about what other people think of what we look like, but it's us beginning to free up more parts of who we are um, to be who God created us to be rather than carrying that baggage around. Yeah,
3: and I think it took more, it took intentionality and mental work for me to cue into it and then put the work into speaking truth over myself and redeeming those things instead of just being like, oh, yeah, that can just live under the surface and, like, be fine. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you
1: for sharing, Carson. Um, Ian, what would you like to add? Yeah,
3: I think in my experience, our
4: relationship to our own appearance and our image can feel extra scary because it carries these questions of belonging and connection. So we, we all want to be connected, and we all want to belong, but sometimes it can feel like our appearance is either the vehicle that's going to get us there or the main obstacle in the way, and so things can feel extra tense. I think that the good news is that in Jesus' kingdom— everyone has a seat at the table, everybody belongs, and everyone is connected because it's a gift that's given, not something that's earned. All right, so the security that Jesus gives us allows us to engage with our image and our appearance in a different way. Uh, we can use it as a vehicle for self-expression, as a vehicle even for worship and delighting in what God has made for us, but that pressure has been liberated. It doesn't need to be a vehicle for connection because all of those really big important things have been given in Jesus and so don't need to rest on our appearance as something that could never
1: carry it. I love that, Ian. Thank you. I love that idea of liberation and it's not the vehicle that we use to find that worth. And I hope what you guys hear Carson and Ian saying too is we're not trying to say like, None of this stuff matters. Like, don't worry about this. Just, like, stop caring about what you think of your physical appearance or what other people think of, because that's not realistic, right? Like, like I said, God made us physical people in this world, and, like, I, that's so why I pulled up those scriptures. Um, it's a thing. Like, there, there is something beautiful or not beautiful, as we saw the way um, the queens and the women and the men were described versus Christ, and so we just want to Add to the conversation that it exists and it's there, but there's maybe more to it than what you uh, maybe have thought before. So, Britt, would you like to add something?
0: Yeah, one thing I know with me. Okay, so all of a sudden you're taking away people's number one answer is like, well, shoot, if they're not, if it's not all about physicality, well then now I got to think about all these other things, and now it's like I'm overwhelmed. Like, well, now I got to think about. My personality. Well, all these guys—they're paying attention to personality. They're paying attention to what am I doing? How many clubs am I involved in? and Well, I can't just focus on the physical anymore. But the cool thing about bringing it back to the gospel is, like, hey—if you focus on Jesus and you follow, then all those things will fall in place. So you don't have to focus on all this other stuff. You don't have to focus. You follow Jesus, and all these things will fall in place. The uh, the, the lead singer of 10th Avenue North a few years ago quoted. It was during a big, the self-image movement, and he said, "Listen, take care of yourself." But by the grace of God, don't live for yourself, right? And I think that kind of ties this up for me. It's like, hey, live for Jesus and take care of yourself physically, and the right people will come along.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Britt. Steph, Mm -hmm. do you have anything you want to add? It's okay. Um, And so kind of to begin wrapping up the conversation, um, we we kind of want— to leave this a little more like higher up and a little more I don't want to say vague because we want to leave a lot of freedom for you guys to kind of think about this um later on I think there's a lot of stereotype or like there's a lot of ways to um like pinhole in this conversation. Um, but I also think that it's something that a lot of us experience and face but don't often talk about. And so kind of my hope for tonight is that something that one of these four people say kind of gets your brain going and kind of stirs up something inside of you that kind of gets you thinking, how does this affect me? And so we're, we're not speaking too specifically because we want to leave it open-ended for how maybe you feel like the Holy Spirit's working in you of what kind of further conversations do you need to have? How do you see this playing out in your life? Um, so Is there anything practical you guys want to provide in terms of, like, wisdom? Um, You guys are all graduates, so, like, you do have some wisdom to offer us. Any wisdom or anything else you want to add to the conversation? Um, Ian, we'll start with you.
4: Um, Everybody in the room who is thinking about something like this could be benefited by reading a book called Beyond Beautiful by Anoush Garis. It's aimed uh, pretty obviously at women, but everyone's going to get something out of it. Um, also it's, it's more fun to try something risky with your clothes or your hair than it is to uh, regret not trying it later um, and uh, everyone should learn how to compliment someone uh, about the way they look in a way that helps them see themselves the way that God sees them uh, and if you don't know how to do that you should read Beyond Beautiful by Anushka Reese
1: y'all Ian hasn't always had long hair so he's right He's, he's right about trying something and looking back on it later. So what was the um, author of that book, Beyond Beautiful?
4: Anushka Reese.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Ian. Um, Britt, what would you like to add? Any practical wisdom?
0: Yeah, I got two and a half minutes worth.
1: That is great. Okay. Stand up. Um,
0: so <laughs> hey, one thing, think about this. I don't think we talked about this, but the cool thing about beauty is it's a universal language. All right. There's a very few things in life that you could go anywhere in the world all right. I can stand on top of a mountaintop in any country, even if I speak the same language or not, and I can be like, and this guy will be like, very pretty. Like like you recognize beauty, okay? And that's that's just super cool. And so if that's something that you recognize that's universal, okay, if this is the idea of beauty, this gift of God is universal, then is there something about it, okay, and it's a gift. And so the question then becomes, if it is a gift, Brit, how can I fully experience this gift? How do I fully experience it? And I really genuinely believe we can't fully experience it until we realize it's complexity. All right. If we just look at it really simply like it's a physical, one physical attribute, well, then that's just a shallow version of it. So I don't think we'll ever get the fullness. All right. And so this is something I thought of when I was thinking through this. Think of the most. Think of a married couple right now, and think about the one that you kind of like. Man, those people are awesome. Like, I hope I have their marriage. Maybe they've been married 50 years, and you're just like, man, those are the people. Those are the ones. I encourage you go ask them. Like, say, hey, Mister, or hey, Missus. What was it about your spouse that that hooked them? That why? What about them? And I guarantee you. Like, beauty may be a part of it, but they're not gonna say, oh, well, she was just really pretty. Like, that's not, like, that's gonna be part of it, but I, I'm telling you, like, I, I would bet it's gonna be a lot more than that. Um, and so, this, this is me. I'm also preaching to myself in this, all right? So, it, y'all, y'all must remember that. All right. And so, with all this, I can understand you're probably sitting there saying, okay, Britt, well, that's great. Like, I understand this. I've been to these talks before. Like, I got all these little Christianese answers, I understand, it's, a, it's, it's about the heart, not about the outside and these things. So the question then becomes, how can I get people to see my true beauty? How can I get people to see my true beauty? All right, Because I remember leaving these talks and like, man, well, what do I practically do? And so th- it's simple, guys. I wrote it right here, let me make sure I say it correctly. All right, Pursue Christian people, not punks. Guys, pursue Christian girls, not shallow girls, because this is why. This is why that practically works. All right. The Christian guy wakes up every day. The true Christian guy wakes up every day and he says, God, God, help me to see her how you see her. God, help me to not follow my sin temptation. God, help me to have your eyes today when I'm looking for my wife. All right. And the non-Christian guy is not saying that. All right. And it goes both ways. I, right now, I can just speak for the guy side of things. So pursue Christian people. I, I got one example of this, and it's an example about fishing. OK, now Jesus uses fishing examples. so That's not a, just a redneck example. OK, <laughs> Jesus uses them all the time. All right. But there is a there's a something called going after the target fish. So if you're fishing, say I'm fishing for what does everybody know? Ahi tuna. All right. But I keep catching sharks. I keep catching sharks, but I'm like, man, I want to catch ahi tuna. Ahi tuna are the target fish. Well, I can do three things to quit catching sharks. I can either quit fishing altogether, but then I catch no ahi tuna. I can move to a different place where I know there are more ahi tuna, or I can change the bait that I'm using. I can change the lure that I'm using. I can change the attractant that I'm using, if that makes sense. And so that's, that's practical wisdom of my um out of my mind and uh so lastly i can realize that this may lead to stress and worry and so it's like dang brit what do i do about this Well, jesus speaks in matthew six thirty-three, and he's talking about worry but this can be a, a very big topic of worry and he says seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you this is something i had to remind myself every day like seek god and i think all these things fall into place Okay, wake up each morning, seek God, and all these things fall into place. All right? Thank you.
1: Thanks, Britt. You it, Britt. Carson or Steph, do you guys have anything else practical you'd like to add to the conversation? I um, don't know how to follow that, but I do have one thing. Um, so, uh,
3: okay, the other day someone asked me a really fun question. They said, um, what is one thing that everyone should experience at least one time in their life? Everyone think about it. You've got ten seconds. Just kidding. Okay. So what I said (laughs) was that, um, okay, I thought about it for a long time. I had a lot more than 10 seconds to think about it. Um, And I said walking in vulnerability with a safe friend. So that's what I would say to you guys too. If you are experiencing, if you're like struggling with this kind of stuff and trying to figure out, you know, how do I talk about it? Especially, I'm not a guy but word on the street is guys struggle with it too. Um, So if you are struggling with it, talk about about it with someone, find a safe friend, and share what you're feeling with them. That would be my piece of advice.
1: That's just great advice for, like, anything in life, Carson, so I'm going to remember that. Um, Thanks, guys, for sharing your thoughts. Do you have something you want to add?
2: Please add it. Yeah, um, the last thing I would say is just to embrace the image and appearance that God gives you, and that's really hard to do. Um, The one thing that I struggle with is stepping out of my comfort zone even doing this right now, but because, you know, it, embracing your, the image that God gives you and not the image that you give yourself or other people give you, um, it's hard to do because it's counter culture or it's it's counter what you would want to do yourself. Um, so the way I embrace my image, that for me, what that looks like is stepping out of my comfort zone And doing what God has called me to do, even when I don't want to do it or even if I don't like to do it, um, which is really hard. But just remembering kind of those verses or remembering how important it is to be made in God's image and how important it is in his plan for you, I think, is the the last thing I would say. Just embracing the image God gives you.
1: Yeah, thanks, Steph. Y'all, there are a lot of resources just about if you just want to delve deeper into like what does it mean that we're made in God's image? Like that, this conversation tonight did not even do that topic justice. And so, if you just want to dive deeper in a couple ways um, in that regard or talk more specifically about different body image things or appearance, um, grab one of these people after, come find one of the staff in the back. We'd love to resource you more. But I do love Carson's charge and Steph's charge of. Um, challenge yourself to go out of your comfort zone and think about this in um, the safety with a friend and be vulnerable. So. Um, Thank you guys so much for your wisdom and for your insight. I hope that this just, like I said, scratched the surface and gets you thinking about the ways that you are made in God's image and we all have that intrinsic worth and beauty internally, but how also we're physical and it matters. And we think about what we wear. Um, Girls think about how they do their hair. Guys think about how they do their hair. We think about if our clothes are in style or out of style. We think about makeup. When we experience another culture, um, that is a lot to take in of how different parts of the world experience beauty beauty and so we want you to recognize that it exists but we hope that tonight just helps you begin to think about it um, a little more deeply so thank you guys so much give them a hand y'all they um they did this just to love you guys and serve you guys and serve me and so I'm really thankful for y'all's input and thinking about these questions and for sharing with us and so I'm gonna pray and the band's gonna come up and we're gonna get rid of all these stools um and we'll wrap up so God thank you um Thank you, first and foremost, that we are made in your image, um, that we are the pinnacle of your creation, God, that you you love us the most, that we are the most beautiful. Um, that feels really significant and really special. And I pray that each of us would be able to begin to walk in the freedom um, that Christ has given us that we are made in your image, and that our worth and our value doesn 't come from what we look like or how other people perceive us um, or what we define as beautiful culturally, but Lord, it comes from you, and I also just pray that um, this is just a very vulnerable topic this is something that can can touch our hearts really deeply. this is something that we can struggle with very deeply it 's something very confusing it can be confusing to be a Christian and walk in this, and it can be confusing to know. What to do. And so, Spirit, I just pray that you would um, remind these students that they're loved and seen and known by you. And I pray that you would begin to lead them. Into to that freedom that Ian talked about, that um, they have a seat at the table with you. And they don't have to use their image. We don't have to use our beauty or our appearance um, given to us by other people to be the vehicle by which we belong at your table. Um, but Christ, you have made that possible. And so, Lord, would you just take the words that were said tonight, and would you do your work, and would you um, reveal sin and convict and redeem and provide hope? And so, we love you, and amen.